Manna or Meatloaf, Episode 3. Listen. Hello, hello. So last time, I thanked a handful of people for listening to my first episode, and that was mostly family. Now I'm a bit overwhelmed, and I want to thank so many of you who have shared this podcast and reached out to me with encouragement and support. It truly has meant the world to me. I'm honestly touched that so many of you have found it worthwhile enough to share a few minutes here with me. So genuinely and sincerely, thank you. I love this hashtag hear him movement that feels like it was initiated by President Russell M. Nelson's plea to increase our ability to receive personal revelation. But in order to hear God's voice in your life or to hear anything for that matter, first you have to listen. So I'm going to call this episode, listen, we have to open our ears, right? But Do we actually have to open them? I mean, they're already open, right? Our incredible bodies have come with this amazing ability already in place. It's like it was a factory installed app like the ones on our phones, but we don't even have to go to the trouble of downloading or opening them or anything. We don't have to do anything physiologically to listen. Everything we need is already in place. Our ears just work. But how many times do we intentionally try to listen? How many times do we willingly open that app, so to speak? If you were to ask me what the most important things to listen to are, I would definitely have to say to our people, our bodies, and our God through the voice of the Holy Ghost. The joy of our lives could deepen immensely once we get really good at listening in all areas of our lives. We may even begin to wonder why we didn't pay more attention to it earlier in our lives. Okay, so I'm going to admit in advance, I kind of have an agenda with this one. I have some things planned over the course of the next three or four weeks that I am so excited about. And I would love it if we all kind of prepped ourselves just a tiny bit. Now, I know this sounds like a homework assignment and everyone is, I'm totally going to say it, totally over them right now, (laughs) but I promise you'll thank me. When you realize how strong our little listening muscles can become, let me back up just a bit. I had a very, very active imagination as a child. My childhood friends could tell you all about the animal clubs in the boat, the orphan adventures on Ginger the Pony, gymnastics lessons for five cents a lesson. I've got to stop laughing when I talk, but I just smile thinking about these things. Now, this was funny. All the contributions were going to go to the neighborhood pool that was going to be conveniently in my backyard. I know, I know, but we had a big backyard. It was a noble gesture. And the Miss Yukon pageant, yes, it was a thing. A thing for girls from ages seven to nine, complete with the swimsuit category and crowns. I know, it's silly, it's so true. Contestants came from far and wide and brought their parents to the horror of my mother. 
My siblings could tell you about dance recitals, carefully choreographed in flowing matching nightgowns, adventures on Suzy Q, the Suzuki snow machine, secret adventures, unbeknownst to our parents, titled Bob, that one's for you, Julie, <laughs> knock blocksing to our own Morse code in the neighboring sleeping bag cubbies of our basement. Even my children can testify. I've tried to teach them how to order blueberry turnovers from Arby's. Yes, I know they don't have them. And not even too long ago, it may have been reported that I've been seen in a box in a public place with one of my favorite cohorts. <laughs> now, some people might think that I'm just plain crazy. And while they wouldn't be completely wrong, I choose to believe that I like to listen. I listen to the stories in my head. I listen to the stories of others. I listened to my mother as a child, when she laughed, I knew she was happy and having fun, and I wanted to be happy and have fun too. I just liked to listen, and I like to believe that I'm a pretty good listener, but I can't take any credit for that. My mom listened intently to me as far back as my earliest memories, and I've wanted to be just like her for just as long. So when she listened to me and all my crazy ideas and all my drama, I thought that's just what you did. I watched her with Sister Birch, who was our widowed next-door neighbor, and she not only served her by taking her for walks and helping her with housework, but she sat across from her asking questions about her life, her family, her interests, and then she sat on the edge of her seat listening to her stories, fully engaged. I will never forget that image. My mom tucked me in every night and asked me what was happening, how I felt, and then she listened like she really cared about my young thoughts and opinions. That had such an impact on me that when Doug asked me to marry him, she made him promise that he would tuck me in every night. And that's something we asked our son-in-laws to do to our daughters. How's that going, guys? My family knows that when I die, I don't want a headstone. I want a bench that simply says, tell me something, because that has been by far the most asked question in our household and in my children's lives. And it's been the most fabulous segue for some of the best, most real conversations we've had. I will be forever grateful for the skill I was taught as a young child that I wouldn't even fully realize until decades later when my kids wanted to talk to me because I wanted to listen to them. Don't they say we become our parents, whether we like it or not? Well, there isn't too much about myself that I would wish my kids to carry on, except maybe this one trait of listening. I would love to think that what my mom started, that probably her mom taught her, would be practiced by my children and their spouses so that their kids might become great listeners too and pass that on from generation to generation. Because even though there's no degree, world acknowledgement, title, or crown that is recognized for great listeners, I tend to agree with Wayne Dyer who said, quote, be a good listener. It makes the person who's speaking to you feel loved, cared for, and worthy of being heard, end quote. Remember the old adage that people never remember what you say? They only remember how you made them feel? Well, nobody is more influential than a good listener, according to Dale Carnegie. So let's use those listening devices called our ears to be great influences. Isn't that awesome thought? 
As important as it is to listen to the people in our lives, I believe it's equally important to listen to our bodies. I've been a certified zone therapist for 20 years now, and trust me when I say that after thousands of the feet I've been privileged to work on, I can truly tell you those feet are trying to tell us something. And I hate to admit it, but we're all not that great at listening, myself included a lot of times. If we were to listen to our bodies like we do an infant baby, we could learn a lot. When these newborns come to earth, they can't verbalize and tell us anything they want or need, right? We have to become very good at picking up on their cues, their nonverbal cues. We learn to recognize the sound of different cries that differentiate whether they're hungry, have a tummy ache, or need a diaper change. If we were to ignore those nonverbal cues, they would very quickly and very adamantly remind us that they're actually the ones in charge. They rule the household, and if we don't acknowledge and honor their requests, we pay for it. In time, lack of sleep, mental stress, just to name a few, you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. So then why at three or four o'clock in the afternoon when we hit the stall in our day and our body tells us to close our eyes, possibly do some deep breathing, meditate, or just regroup, why do we grab that caffeinated soda and demand that our bodies push through? It's similar to asking that baby to push through. Can you imagine? Stop your crying. You just have to be tough. Buck up, little one. <laughs> it seems silly, doesn't it? We pay for it in all the same ways when our bodies, after multiple rejections or being ignored time after time, start to falter. We pay for it in time we're then forced to take to recover, lack of sleep or mental stress. You know what I'm talking about, and believe me, I'm not calling the kettle black here, but acknowledging and honoring our body's nonverbal cries will take you to a whole new level of self-care and contentment, and I believe it's the first step in overall physical and emotional health. Okay, remember that prepping part that I may have mentioned in the beginning? Keeping an awareness journal trains you to listen to your body, just like keeping a food intake journal makes you acutely aware of exactly what and how much you're eating. So if I could talk any of you into doing this, the goal is to stop whatever you're doing at least three times a day and identify and then record First, the emotion you are feeling at that very moment. So set a timer on your phone. If you need to, Google a list of emotions, print it off or copy and paste it into your phone so that you have a point of reference. If you've never done anything like this before, that can be very helpful. Then practice listening to your body and try to find where you might feel that emotion in your body and what it feels like. Record those two things multiple times a day. The awareness of this exercise is benefit alone, but it also gives you a great starting point to work from. I'm gonna give you a few examples. One very common emotion for lots of moms out there who are sitting down right now to homeschool their kids, who got out early this year, is frustration. They aren't teachers and they don't remember their own elementary math, let alone how to teach frustrated kids. Am I right? Many times frustration feels like possibly tightness in the jaw or pressure in the head. Another example, 
dads might be feeling all kinds of pressure to provide for their families with this uncertain economy, layoffs, unemployments, whatever it looks like for them. That kind of pressure commonly lands squarely on the shoulders as muscle tightness or even pain. So record those things for just one week. You can do it. (laughs) And just like improving our listening skills in regard to others rewards us with deeper and more genuine connections, being able to listen more clearly to what our bodies are trying to tell us helps us live more healthy, balanced, and connected lives. Last, and certainly not least in this list, is the ability to listen to the Master's voice through the Holy Ghost. Before we can hashtag hear Him, Don't we have to be willing to listen? Don't we have to put ourselves in a position by doing the things that invite the Spirit? And don't we have to have the faith to know that we can hear Him when we do listen? There's probably a reason our standard works uses the phrase eyes to see and ears to hear 21 times. And even more applicable is the scripture found in Matthew 11:15, and it's also found four other times in the New Testament. It says, quote, "He that hath ears to hear, let him hear." End quote. We've been counseled from the beginning to listen to the voice of the Lord. And as we pray for an increase of this ability, I truly believe that God will help us tune our hearts and our ears into what he wants us to hear. I absolutely love the video that Elder David A. Bednar made and released just last week on this subject. He shared ways that he hears the voice of God in his life, and he challenged us to do the same. I kind of feel like I'm trying to do the sharing part, but it did make me ask myself how I hear my father's voice. And because this episode was kind of brewing in my mind last week, I first asked myself what I do to intently listen like my mom did on the edge of her seat, fully engaged. The first thing I have to do is make time to be in my scriptures. We all need to listen to the voices from the dust, right? But for me, I have to feast on the words like I do a great meal, not how I like and approach meatloaf. Ugh. I notice a direct correlation with how often and how regularly I hear my father's voice to how often and how regularly I read my scriptures. King Benjamin began his powerful sermon with these words, quote, You that can hear my words, which I shall speak unto you this day, for I have not commanded you to come up hither to trifle with the words which I shall speak, but that you should hearken unto me and open your ears that ye may hear and your hearts that ye may understand and your minds that the mysteries of God may be unfolded to your view, end quote. That's found in Messiah 2.9. The second thing I have to do is listen to the voice of his servants, the prophets. God has sent them to teach, guide, and direct us in our lives right now. And how awesome is it that we can actually just plug them right into our ears and hear past conference addresses while we're going about our days. That actually kind of leads to another topic altogether, being present, because with me, I can multitask like a boss, but I have to be careful that what I'm doing doesn't actually distract me too much from what I'm trying to listen to, or I don't get too much out of it. The third thing I have to do is listen well enough to those people in my life that I don't miss God's voice in what they might say on his behalf. In Doctrine and Covenants 1.11, it says, quote, 
Hearken, O ye people of my church, saith the voice of him who dwells on high, and whose eyes are upon all men. Yea, verily I say, Hearken, ye people from afar, and ye that are upon the islands of the sea, listen together, end quote. And since we're all in this together, we need to make sure we're listening to those people that are also trying hard to listen. One thing I've learned through experience is that the more you hear the voice of our Father and act on what He's sending you, the more He'll send you. Of course, I'm referring to personal revelation. And what a wonderful concept to imagine that He trusts us enough to send us on His errands. I believe this helps us become the person He knows we can become, the person we were meant to be. I know we're all at different stages of this mortal journey, just like those we learn of from Scripture. Some have ears to hear, some are slow to hear, and some refuse to hear. But the Doctrine and Covenants 29.7 teaches us, quote, For mine elect hear my voice and harden not their hearts, end quote. So let's listen. Now this journal that we've talked about, I hope you keep it next to your Scriptures and record I love this idea about recording because then your future generations can listen to your voice. I believe we'll all be amazed at how abundantly our pages will fill when we listen, when we listen to others, when we listen to our bodies, and when we listen to the Spirit. Because finding your way through the noise of the world is very important, and being able to build that listening muscle is without a doubt a way to find your way through the fluff and keep the important things important. Calvin Coolidge said it takes a great man to be a good listener. And let's be honest, who doesn't want to be a great man? <laughs> or besides, I mean, be <laughs> besides all the great women out there, I should edit that. <laughs> 